Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. Hey, hey, hitting corners in that triple A. You know what it is. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Never Shut Up, where we learn life lessons. Yes, we do. We think about things on this show. We talk sports, but we also cover those who cover sports like no one else, man. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we start off every show. But what's up with that dude? Well, I'm in that special Friday energy, so let me tell you what happened yesterday after the show. First, I went to lunch with my firstborn. Yes. You are my lady. My little itty bitty is 24 years young, man. And it's just so good to just say, what you doing later? You want to go to lunch? Yeah, sure. And then after that, I'm going to take a train to San Diego, go to this concert, hang out with my friends. Then after that, I'll be back for Saturday, have our project transition meeting. And then after that, go to the game with you Sunday, finally see my little brother play football. I was like, wow, how are you? <laughs> right? Amazing time. I'm not lying. I was just sitting there in amazement just talking to a fully formed adult who is still going through the process of learning and living this life like we all are, but golly. I look at her and then I'm like, I have you at home and she's three <laughs> and she's four and now you're 24 and it's just all that love in one place, man. So. Shout out to Morocco, DJ Monkey Monk, as I call her. That's my girl. Um, what else we do? We went to my wife. Very exciting times for her. She got her first invitation to a red carpet event that was exclusive for her. It wasn't for me, and she was my plus one. It wasn't for us as a family. Nah, we want Anna Marie Wiley. Oh, oh. You bring him too. You bring it old Dusty. And I showed up as well. But tremendous cause. It was the Children's Oncology Support Fund, right? C-O-S-F. They had a Zodiac ball. Let me just tell you all this. Not every single gala, every single foundation fundraiser is the chicken dinner. Okay, this one was a outdoor party. People were dressed up in spectacle and stuff. It looked like you were just walking around and just seeing like an animated movie or something. Crazy, right? Raised a ton of money out there. It was great to see her. Uh, my wife really is my wife. Like, uh, she's a small town girl. She's from a farm town outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, right? Is it British Columbia? Uh, British BC. I don't know what the hell they stand for. Uh, in Canada. And um, her town is super small. Like, for real. Like, it's so small that when you drive up to it, you smell manure. She is from a farm town, for real. And it's crazy, because I'll be like, every time we drive up there, I'll be like, here we go with this shit again. And that's where she's from. And now, 
She out here in Hollywood, out here getting it in, girl, getting invited to the red carpet stuff. And it's just funny to watch. Sometimes she asks me some real small town questions. Like, should I go back and take another picture at the red carpet? I was like, yeah, you want to? Go ahead. They want you. Yes, yes, Anna Marie, Anna Marie, please. And she's like, oh, I'm going to take a picture here. Can you make sure? I'm just like laughing. Like, it's like her first day of school kind of stuff. So um, that's been a fun ride with her. Other than that, we left there after the event. We went to go eat. Yeah, we're that family that goes to an event, eats, drinks for free, and then goes somewhere else and pay to eat. <laughs> I don't know why. We just like to do it because we don't get many date nights. So uh, we had a date night. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, we went to a place called Steak 48 out here. Insane. Beautiful. Unreal. Um, I've been doing a lot of emotional eating, and it's interesting. I'm about to be real with y'all, man. Uh, turn that date night into some more of my bad eating. I've been having a ton of French fries, sandwiches, you know, eh, not the worst of stuff, but uh, I've been doing it consistently, and I figured out why. Um, I got triggered by going to that funeral last weekend, right, and dealing with my own mother who died of cancer like my wife's mother died of cancer, and then seeing the itty-bitties have to deal with that and ask why is grandma in the sky? Is she ever coming back? And what happens when you go to the sky? All those real big, deep questions. So everyone in my family knows I never dealt with my mother's death. And I think that's healthy. You know, whether a doctor agrees or not, I'm fine. <laughs> the way I deal with it is the same way I dealt with when I missed my mother while she was alive. So, you know, you go to college. I go to college in New York. My mom was in L.A. She wanted me to go to UCLA. I wanted to go to UCLA. I just knew all my homies wanted me to go to UCLA, too. And I was like, Mama, ah, just trying to tell you it's going to be high school 2.0 and a lot worse because I'm going to have some freedom. So I need to go leave this nest. So I go to New York. I only saw my mom like twice a year. Yeah, for the summer, you see her for a couple months. Um, and then once during the year or Christmas break, that was it. So it would go like four, five, six months at a time. I wouldn't see my mom. Then you get to the NFL, same thing. Mama picking out the schedule. All right, I'm going to that Miami game. Everybody want to go to Miami game. <laughs> I'm going to the Miami game. And then I go up to Buffalo. I'm going early, though. I'm going before it snows. Damn, I'm actually going to go before it snows and when it snows. I want to see it both, right? So mama go to three games. Okay, that's three weekends you see your mama in what? Since we get to camp in July. Then I see my mama three times all the way to February, January. So I got used to a schedule of not seeing my mother. I'm telling you this. Why? Because that's how I'm thinking right now. Isn't that crazy? That's the way I deal with it. I deal with it by saying, I'm going to see my mama after camp. Now, this camp is going to be forever, eternal. I'm not going to see her forever as long as I live. She's in the sky, as I tell the itty bitties, but that's how I deal with it. So I don't know if it's healthy or not, but it's working. <laughs> I can't tell my itty bitties how to do that. But at the same time, that's how we're trying to survive with all the pain that we're dealing with. And I need to stop eating so bad or else y'all going to have a different co-host up here. This host going to look like somebody else in the media. I wonder who that is. All right, y'all. Y'all know this show is powered by you first and foremost, but it's also powered by projecttransition.org. Go right there. Follow my finger. Projecttransition.org. I see you guys out there supporting us, and I got love for you. Where we go out there and develop in the community with those itty bitties, we go inside and we develop that inner power. Then we amplify it for the world to see so we can unlock their true potential. I'm serious. Uh, we got two speaking engagements on our calendar, two mentorship empowerment series uh, engagements next week. So I will keep you guys up to speed with that. We do it through our mentorship, our resources, and our scholarship. So please make a recurring donation. Uh, weekly or monthly recurring donation of projecttransition.org and you'll receive this right here this book autograph personalized for you whatever you leave in the notes section I will hook you up sending you this book immediately if you're not that person you can leave an email or leave a one-time donation all love just be a part of the team part of the community part of the movement like Stephen Van Bastolia you know who Stephen Van Bastolia is? Well, that's my dog out of Twin Falls, Idaho, who left his recurring donation. How about Jordan Mosley in Fort Washington, Maryland? Yes, Fort Washington, Maryland. Sound like a strong man of character out there. I'd say that Jordan, who lives in Fort Washington, uh, respect to you as well. And Sergio Gomez. 
in Whittier, California. I see you. You went to St. Paul, big dog. Did you go to St. Paul with my boy Matt Lindsay? Salute to you, Sergio, for supporting the foundation. Make sure I get to read your name as well. ProjectTransition.org. All right, let's get into the damn show, Wiley. Tell me how fat you're going to be and you miss your mama and you love your little daughter. <laughs> talk about some damn sports. All right, let's talk about some sports. All right, let's talk about Ryan Leaf right now. Mm, I got some Ryan Leaf stories for y'all. I'm sure he has more of them. We've heard a lot of them. Uh, but we know who he is, former NFL quarterback, had his troubles. But um, now he's talking about the troubles that ESPN is putting itself in with their college game day crew. That includes Lee Corso with the big old head, mascot heads, Kirk Herbstreet, talking about him, Pat McAfee, all of them, etc. For their portrayal of the Washington State football program during a recent broadcast. Now, we all know that Ryan Leaf went to Washington State so we could see the bias that's laced in him. But let's make sure we separate the bias from the truth, because I think in this one, we may have both. All right, so Ryan Leaf expressed his displeasure with Game Day's characterization of the Washington State-Oregon State matchup as the Nobody Wants Us Bowl, which he felt turned the game into a comedic bit, made it like something of hilarity, and didn't align with the spirit of celebrating college football, which he thought college game day was and should be. Okay, I hear you there. Um, he's talking about a broadcast partner. He's talking about a, a show. And he's like, look, y'all really kind of going in on this matchup when this is a matchup that's about college football and your job is just to broadcast college football. But ESPN does have a separate job than to broadcast college football. Y'all know what it is. It's to broadcast the SEC, right? And when you got the SEC, all of a sudden, the muscles look a little different. You flex a little different. So let's get into the beats of this. He believes game day missed an opportunity to handle the situation more appropriately. He said, quote, you just had an opportunity. You fell short. And I feel like I'm comfortable enough to call you out on it. All right. So game day has been facing some challenges, being real about all this conference realignment and how to talk about it. And, you know, they're human beings and they're competitive and they all went to these schools. So it's like, you can have a mandate, you can have a mantra. Hey, guys, we're going to go out there and uplift college football. Look, when I used to speak on air, they used to always say, hey, be nice to the NFL. Like, say what you want, but don't kill the NFL. You know why? Because the NFL pays these bills. So, that was kind of the conversation I'm certain that they had behind the scenes. But when you go out there, there are human beings out there who are actually executing the task. In this case, Ryan Lee feels like they didn't execute the task. All right, so what else is going on here? They're caught up in that pickle between all the conference realignments and the fact that they're supposed to sound neutral in this conversation if they're on air. All right, here's an example, McAfee. He made headlines for being critical of the conference inability to strike a broadcast deal with ESPN before encouraging the same fans to enjoy the hell out of the final Pac-12 season. You see what I'm saying there? Like everybody taking their jabs even though you're supposed to sound neutral in this conversation. We also know that Ryan Leaf is caught up in the pickle because he's employed by ESPN at the same time he's calling college football games but also went to this same school that the network just got jokes on, right? Washington State, Oregon State. Let's be real. First of all, ain't nobody want to try. Who want to watch Washington State, Oregon State, right? <laughs> like, not right now. Who is? I'm, I'm alums. And he's an alum. So that's why you can see he's kind of caught up in the middle. All right, so they highlighted all that, him being from the Pac-12, him being from Washington State, and that's why he in his feelings. Y'all agree with that? Or... <clears throat> let's talk about this. The fact that ESPN, since they sitting on top of the hill, you know, king of the mountain, because they got the SEC deal, they looking around like, dog, why not take shots, right? Isn't that kind of helping us out in terms of showing a disparity between what we are broadcasting, what we have, and what's out there? Interesting, right? So let's rewind time. I'm going to take you behind the veil of this one since I have some information and I have some experience with this. <laughs> Excuse me, Dougie Fresh. Yes. Um, do y'all remember the whispers of super conferences? I want to go back to early 2000 teens, like 2011. I don't know. It feels like that world. When you start hearing this word called super conferences, you was like, ain't no way the 
whole NCAA going to turn into super conferences. And following that immediately was the conversation of no, you're right. It's not going to follow into that because the NCAA is going to go away like an AAU went away and then came back only in basketball or something like that. Because AAU used to have track and field and all that kind of stuff. And then they lost it to TAC. I'm going way too deep for y'all. But basically, this stuff shifts, y'all. This stuff changes around. So with that said, um, now we're in this position where you look at these deals and you're like, wait a minute, there are super powers at play creating super conferences and that's what's going on right they were predicted and everyone laughed everybody like I scoffed at it mockery never and now those people behind the scenes those networks brought their cash brought their distribution brought their platform to make this happen so big money caused this to occur including ESPN so Ryan Leaf is basically like look Y'all the reason why all this is happening in the first place. Part of the reason. And now y'all gonna make a joke of it? Here's why Ryan Leaf has a lot to stand on. Because in these super conferences, everyone's gonna win. That's a part of it. ESPN, all the broadcast partners, whoever has those games, you're gonna win. Players gonna win because of NIL, etc. Everyone is gonna win. But everyone's not going to be a part of the losses. Uh-huh. The losses are that other 90% of NIL kids, those kids, those, those forgotten kids at Washington State, Oregon State, who won't have the same level of resources and support as those who are locked into these super conferences. See how it goes? Everyone's going to win in college football. The money's going to go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Some of y'all going to be on welfare. Some of y'all going to be abandoned. Some of y'all going to be foster kids. That's how it goes. And I think Ryan Leaf knows that his alma mater is going to be one of them more than likely. So he's sensitive to it, maybe too sensitive to it. But at the same time, he does have a case. Why are you trying to rub it in their face? Why are you trying to twist the knife when you're the one that stabbed everybody in the first place? You're the one that sliced this up to make these super conferences, to make this realignment occur. Thought it was pretty interesting right there to see that. So what side are you on? Ryan Leaf's side or ESPN side, even though Ryan Leaf works for ESPN, right? In terms of, hey, let them go at it, man. This is competition. We're broadcasting. Why can't we have competition in terms of us talking about it? Interesting. So... Also, Ryan Leaf, like when you got a bias, like that's like me being on game day talking about Columbia. It's only so much positive you can say and then you got to keep it real at the same time, right? We don't have the most storied history in terms of college football. So you got to be able to separate the two. Is Ryan Leaf taking this way too sensitive? Is he being way too hypercritical? Or he has some real to stand on? Let me know what y'all think about that in the comments as y'all beat it up. Y'all know the song? We just ride side. Let's take another trip. Oh, who knows that when I'm gonna hook you up with a gift too. Somebody won yesterday. Somebody got that Cam Peace Treaty. Um, I, I took a screenshot, so I got you, big dog. But I got to see who's gonna get that ride side and take another trip. And I got to see who's gonna get this book right here. Go to projecttransition.org right there. And you. If you leave a recurring donation, donation, donation. Don't be hearing you're talking about the trash, stupid head. Uh, you get this book right here. Yes, I will send you this book. Autograph, personalized, whatever you leave in the no section. Recurring donation. I see you guys out there doing it. Love you for it. Support these itty bitties in the community as I go out there and help them unlock their true potential. Because I ain't playing no games with these kids. <laughs> so love for you guys for supporting the foundation. And if you can't, uh, just leave your email so you're part of the team so I can keep you updated on what we are doing. Or a one-time donation. One time. Let's get into is the NFL racist. I'm scrolling through my timeline and I said, oh, what's the time? Y'all know what that is. That's easy. Um, and I was like, what's the time? Is the NFL racist? I was like, damn, am I still black? And I'm like, wait, am I still doing all right in life? Damn, they bought all them racist NFL players and, and, and damn organizations. <sighs> they sure know how to treat a brother. <laughs> I was like, this is a weird way to show racism. But obviously, it was a, one of those headlines, clickbait, as they say, um, to get you into it. But it was interesting when I got into it. Let's talk about is the NFL racist. Well, 
based on some of their ad placements. Some people are out there saying or thinking or accusing them of being racist. I was like, what? All right, so the concerns have arisen about the presence of white nationalists on Twitter X, right? And a lot of that since Elon Musk took over and his ownership began in 2022, there's been a spike in it, right? Coincidence? Correlation. Y'all go through it. All right, so researchers have noted that rise and hate speech on the platform during Musk's tenure. Now, I think in part of it, because he said he was going to open it up to try and be for real free speech. Obviously, freedom of speech doesn't mean you can say any and everything, but he wanted to widen the borders of what it was previously. So, okay, I think a lot of that is understood. Now, what comes with that is conversations like this from the white nationalists, right? Now, so one of the leading white nationalist organizations in the country has posted and also talked about the NFL while having some of the NFL's ads on its site. Okay, so it posts content warning readers about the supposed danger of black people and non-white immigrants. That's what the white nationalists are saying. So X has been placing the NFL ads on prominent white nationalist accounts on X. Obviously, that ain't what the NFL wants, right? Which has caused some concern among users and advertisers. Imagine you advertising with the NFL. Can't say Bud Light right now. All right, so imagine. Y'all, what y'all do to Bud Light, man? I still got some in the fridge. I don't even know to drink them right now. I don't know how to feel. But y'all... Y'all destroyed that. Um, good for y'all. Power of the people, right? Um, so let's just say uh, Target. I don't know. Who ain't? Oh, oh, damn, y'all did Target too? Who, who's left? Anybody? Hershey's. Okay, good. Y'all can't mess with the candy, right? So I got a Hershey bar in there, and I want to eat it. And then you're like, all right. And then somebody's like, is that the NFL on a white nationalist site? How does that work? And it's going to be even crazier because the white nationalists don't like the NFL, according to some of these reports. So the NFL's chief media and business officer tweeted about a great meeting that they had with the ex's Twitter CEO. But now it's having to respond to rising criticism about the league's advertising practices on the platform. So Brian Rolap goes out there, meets with Linda Yaccarino, and then they have a great meeting. They tweet about his show off. Hey, this was amazing. And as he was sitting there celebrating their great partnership and union, <laughs> people lighting them up saying, bruh, do you understand what you are talking about? Do you know the intertwining, the intermingling that's happening between you, NFL, and white nationalists? So let's get into what's going on with that. So the concerns with the platform is that they are putting the NFL ads on these prominent white nationalist accounts and it aggregates up to 1 million plus followers collectively, these sites. So this ain't no little thing, right? Any of y'all got a million followers? I don't. Anybody else? All y'all together got a million followers? I don't. Me, anybody else in here got a million followers? You got a million followers? That's a hundred thousand. So that... This is big, right? So maybe it hasn't hit your radar yet, but it's out there. So one prominent white nationalist account, The Dare, never heard of it, but uh, maybe I'm not their demo, <laughs> let's say that, uh, has more than 65,000 followers, one of them, and has posted content promoting white nationalist ideologies and attacking the NFL as anti-white. That's what's crazy about this story. The NFL is getting promoted by X. Sounds a little lazy on your part, X, on white nationalist site. And as you see that, you're caught off guard. You're like, wait a minute. And then you read through the white nationalist site. They don't like the NFL. Listen to this. Oh, man. They said, look, they've attacked the NFL as anti-white. Turn off the NFL for good. Quote, never kneel to anyone that supports the anti-white blood libel of Black Lives Matter and diversity equals no white people. Okay, what a bizarro story, right? And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because there ain't no way you're going to hear this anywhere else. <laughs> what the hell are they going to say? Right? They're partners with the NFL, right? So the thing about it is, is that this ad is there to sell the NFL's product to its audience to make us buy tickets, season tickets. Once you go to this games, what do you buy? Merch, popcorn, 
Bud Light for $98, right? All that stuff. Uh, flags, banners, foam fingers, all that. NFL wants all of that. And they're promoting all of that in part on this type of site. Crazy, right? So it sounds like an exclusive problem for X. Like, come on. I know the NFL is dog cursing the X in their head and maybe in their words, but certainly not in their action. Let's talk about this because this is big business one on one, right? When you catch your partner slipping and you're like, oh, the NFL's like Elon. We and they know they need X because Twitter X getting your message out. Anything better like Instagram is another version, but anything better in terms of news. I don't think so. So they know they need that platform and they got to be delicate how they approach this, right? So first you have this big meeting, you're loving it. Then all of a sudden everybody starts hitting you with eh, advertisers and users. What you doing NFL? So now you got to kind of walk that back, come back with a strong statement like the NFL did. Oh, we don't support any of this stuff. But then what happens behind closed doors? It's what we're discussing right here. How delicate the NFL has to be because of that partnership that they have with X that they need in terms of its platform. The partnership is we can't ruffle their feathers because who's going to broadcast our message outside of us? Y'all know how y'all interact with X and Twitter. So despite their strong written response and maybe behind closed doors, a strong verbal response. Let's see how strong the action is going to be, boss. What Marshawn Lynn say about that action, boss. Ah, the NFL can't be about that action, boss, on this one. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play this out. Just monitor this. Strong statements. Maybe even strong words. Anything changing? Okay. I know one thing that's going to change. Elon going to be looking at, uh, he's going to be looking at his distribution platform. He's going to be looking at those in the marketing department to say, how in the hell did y'all put the NFL on some white nationalist accounts? Especially with the recent history, the NFL's had everything from Colin Kaepernick and BLM, etc. And then, you know, you look at the NFL game, don't they still got like in racism in the, in the end zone and stuff like that? And then at the same time, you're like, but you over there with the white nationalists on the Twitter. You're like, you know, imagine you had a game because a lot of people at the games, they are on their phones for Twitter. I'm on my phone to take pictures and videos. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> look at me. Throw the ball, he knows that stuff. So then you're doing that, and then you're like, white nationalists, NFL, in racism. What is going on, NFL? So NFL is not happy, let me just say that. And let me just say this too. I guess we could be aspirational, right? I just like to be real. You know, um, the whole in racism, like, give us something we can't attain. <laughs> you know, I know what you mean, so I ain't tripping. But I'm like, you ain't gonna end no racism because you ain't gonna end this ignorant. People gonna be ignorant. What we need to do is say something that's realistic. Uh, something like give, make your living giving. <laughs> you know, look, treat others like you want to be treated. Like stuff like that. Like that, you can do that. But in something that is a part of the human race conditions, part of life. Why is it a part of life? Because people like their own. First, <laughs> they learn you can like others as much. You got to teach kids that you got to teach them good or you got to teach them bad. Unfortunately, we got a lot of bad teachers out there in this world who are teaching these kids hate. So you won't end racism. So then nobody ever going to score, <laughs> basically, if that's the end zone. All right, y'all. So tell me what y'all think about this, man. Here's a good but dumb question. Is the NFL racist? Y'all can stop. Okay, I'll stop. All right, that's what the headline asked me, so I asked you guys the same. But seriously, what are the responsibilities of the NFL companies, X, Twitter, organizations, in terms of monitoring and controlling their ads, right? You want it going out to the masses. You want it to go out to people, but certain groups you don't. That's an interesting conversation, isn't it? Let's have that and beat it up in the comments. Other than that, um, any of y'all follow uh, V there? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> it's all good, man. Because if you follow V there and you follow me, you ain't as white nationalist as you think you are, unless you're saying something about me. Boy, it's rolling, boy. I feel like it's 1981. I'm on the Johnny Carson show or something like this. Make me feel special just rolling in here. 
I like it because of my feet on the ground. Can't lie to y'all. Because before, when I used to do it way up high, my feet weren't on the ground. I felt like a little baby. I'd be talking to y'all like a little kitty-o. So now, I'm an itty-bitty no more. I am a grown man with my feet on the ground. I'm going to be where my feet are. All right, and y'all need to be on projecttransition.org right now. As I talk, y'all need to log in and make sure you leave a recurring donation. This book, oh, how many pages is it? Hmm. 282. Not bad, Wiley. All right, 282 pages worth of my life, my stories, and it was real. Pre-NWA stories in Compton. I'm telling y'all the real stuff. It will be yours. Please leave a recurring donation, weekly or monthly. If not, just leave your email, one-time donation, and support the community. Support these kids as I go out there and help them unlock their true potential. Love for you guys for doing that. Now, let's talk about Stephen A. Smith, who ain't got no love, according to Dan Lebitard, for Skip Bayless's career. Because <laughs> he said Stephen A. Smith wants to end Skip Bayless's career. Wow, I saw that headline. I said, you say? Let's talk about it. So Dan Lebatard, we know who he is. Him and Stu Gotts, what's up, homies? Uh, they acknowledge that they have a tendency to discuss media matters, particularly involving high-profile figures like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. Tendency? What is wrong with doing it? <laughs> you know me. I love talking about it. Uh, but I, I love talking about it because I'm trying to truly reset the public discourse on sports, sports media, how we treat our athletes, etc. No hallmark cards. I ain't out here trying to write poetry for these athletes. But boy, we are ripping down kids' fat heads just so we can get some clicks, some views, some ratings. Okay, you got energy for that dude. Not a problem. I got energy for you. Not a problem, I hope. And if it is a problem for you to take it, then you should know you shouldn't give it. Don't you like how this world resets itself? I do. So here's Dan Levitard talking about it. He said, quote, I talk about this stuff probably too much. Never too much, never too much. Where that from? But while people complain that I talk about it too much, listen to this, y'all. Also in numbers, it shows that every time I talk about any of this stuff, there are a whole lot of people interested in the dynamics of our industry. And kaboom. Let me stop down right there. That is the lane that Never Shut Up has taken that I didn't think was even on the freeway, right? We, there are a few lanes, right? My first lane is, look, let's just come in here and discuss, not debate. Another lane is, let's come in here and unlearn or learn based on the truth, right? We all got told some BS. We all got, I got told BS too. Oh, all the kids in the hood are the hungriest and, and the ones who ain't got it are the ones who want it the most. Man, they lying. <laughs> they lying they ass off. Go, I got to Columbia, I, I got to the league, I got to uh, Peyton Manning who had money already. I, these suckers wanted more than me, it seemed like. Let me go get this. So stop. So point is, we got several lanes here, but one of the lanes that opened up was to cover those who cover sports. Why? Because they ain't covering sports the way we all want it. Too many times, happened last night, two guys, I'm walking in, shout out to who y'all were. Um, I'm walking in. Marcellus, I was just listening to you, man. Thank you for saying the stuff you're saying and correcting this stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, facts is just truth. You know, point being, a lot of y'all are in these quiet, silent, you know, majority, but silent majority conversations are like, dog, this ain't how I want even my sports. I don't want nobody yelling and clowning and complaining. Like, just give me sports, bro, and make it fun and entertaining. So we're here for that. Levitard has noticed that you guys are here for that because it is a silent majority out there. Every time I talk about the inner workings of the industry, sports media, I talk about the personalities. I talk about Stephen A. Skip, Levitard, Max, Acho, Whitlock, Kerry. Like, the numbers go up. And it's funny. Some of y'all try to flip it on Dan Libertard, try to flip it on us and say, well, y'all, why y'all always talking about them? That's the only time y'all get clicks. Well, that ain't on me. <laughs> I have a story on Ryan Leaf. I have a story talking about uh, the NFL being racist. Click on it. <laughs> My thing, I give you the buffet. It's just y'all like the chicken. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. Y'all want chicken. I get it. There's some bacon over there too, but y'all ain't clicking on it. Levitard talks about that. So he knows that despite the complaints about discussing these topics, the audience's interest in industry dynamics is consistently high. 
He ain't lying. I see the same thing over here. Despite having all these other topics that I think are interesting, deep, we can learn life lessons. Y'all like, nah, I want that car crash over there between Shannon and Skip. You know what I mean? Whatever that is. I ain't mad at it. I do too. So Levitar delves into the ongoing feud between Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, which has been reignited, obviously, by Shannon Sharp moving from Bayless's Undisputed to over there with Stephen A. on first take. So Levitar makes a bold assertion. He claims that Stephen A. Smith wants to end Finito, Skip Bayless's career in the media industry. Stephen A. Smith wants to end Skip Bayless's career. That's a quote. Okay, let's see about that. Let's talk about that. So he highlights that Smith's rise at ESPN surpassed Bayless's and made him one of the most powerful figures at the network. Facts. It was Bayless who put first take on the map, quote, but it was Smith who took the show to another level. Quote. Levitard also discusses the impact of Shannon Sharp and his transition to ESPN, noting that Sharp's individual brand strength has grown significantly. Here's another quote before we get into it. I'm going to tell y'all what it is. Shannon Sharp is more valuable to Skip at this point than Skip is to Shannon. Now Shannon's an individual entity. Ah. Yeah, he did say that when he was with it, when they were having their little beef and everybody was talking about it, he was like, Shannon is a bigger force than Skip. And the numbers now since his departure support it, okay? There's been a bump at first take. Uh, plateaued if not taking the dip over there undisputed, right? So that is an interesting assertion. Uh, here we go. His last point, Levitar's assertion about Smith's intentions to end Bayless's career People are questioning how accurate that is. Or is it just part of the professional rivalry between the two media personalities? All right, let me take y'all through this. Okay. To me, this is like another version. With the core of it, kind of like that Kobe Shaq feud. Remember they had their, their issues when they were teammates for the Lakers. And remember, they didn't win at first when they both were there. But then they ended up winning. And then they couldn't stop winning, and then they couldn't stay together. <sighs> Detroit said something about that, too. So here's the thing. Kobe's Shaq, at the core of it was, hmm, who is the man? Who's the alpha of us? We're both alphas, but who's the alpha alpha? Now, by the numbers, by the metrics, by the accolades, it was Shaquille O'Neal. But the caveat was, well, look, Kobe's younger than you. He's an itty-bitty. So, yeah, Shaq, it's you. You the big dog. So Kobe went on a mission to win without Shaq to the point where when he won his fourth one, we all saw a different reaction out of Kobe because he got one without Shaq, end up getting two without Shaq, right? We also saw Shaq's reaction when he got one without Kobe with Dean Wade, right? So let's not act like this is not a thing. Let's not act like Skip Bayless and, and Stephen A. Smith separated, ain't trying to get it on each other. They've said it. And they've said it in a lighthearted way. They provided levity, but they're also deeply invested in this. Let's be real. Now, you don't hear it as much from Skip. People will say, well, because Skip ain't tripping like that. No, he tripping like that. He just can't say anything like that right now. That's where he is. You know, he can't wolf. He can't bark. He ain't got it right now. He knows that his ratings don't have the bite of what First Take has. So quiet over there for one reason. Maybe that's his demeanor. But that ain't his demeanor. His demeanor is the fact that I can't say anything, so why say anything at all? So if you look at this, how is this a Kobe Shaq but a different version? Because they were winning, even though there were some dark times, cold pizza, and then they were figuring it out. They were winning with Skip Bayless. With Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, they really were winning. Then Skip leaves, gets all that money, couldn't come to terms with ESPN, goes to start FS1, gets it cracking, gets all that money, first man in, him and Colin Coward. And then you look over, as everyone does, and you look over and see what First Take doing. Well, they went and got Max, and they became number one. Still number one, I should say. Still number one, 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 one. Y'all know where that's from? <laughs> so now you're looking like, all right, let's close the gap. We are an upstart network. We are just starting FS1. Let's get this going. Just close the gap. They ain't really close the gap. 
with Shannon, it was somewhat, they still were almost half of first take. First take is in the 400s or so at the time, three 400s that world. And Undisputed is the ones and twos. But yeah, but it wasn't as wide as it is now because now they have Shannon and they have Stephen A. Smith. Now the gap is even wider. Why is this Kobe Shaq? Because they're both looking at each other. Who going to get it without the other one? Right? And it looks like Stephen A. Smith is winning that one. He's become the Kobe of it, I guess, because Kobe got more wins without Shaq than Shaq got without Kobe. Crazy, right? Even though Shaq's a better player. Let me stop. Uh, So here we go. Thing is, I look at this in totality. I know y'all going to beat up that whole Kobe Shaq thing. I know I can already see y'all like, what? Shaq better than Kobe? For me, yes. For you, yes, too, if you're being real. Um, Respect. All right, so Stephen A. Smith now is the king. But Skip Bayless is the godfather. And but what we're really talk, talking about right here, Dan Lebertard is saying Stephen A. Smith ain't happy just being the king. He wants it all. Now, Jordan mindset comes to play when I hear Stephen A. Smith. He loves Michael Jordan. I think he's going to adopt this mindset of I want it all like Michael Jordan, too. And I think that's what's fueling Dan's statement. And I think that's what's fueling Stephen A. Smith. And I think that's why Shannon Sharp is there. I think that's why Stephen A. Smith got that ensemble of gumbo like that. And Skip had to get what ESPN didn't have anymore. Michael Irvin was at ESPN no longer. Keyshawn there no longer. I ain't going to say like castaways. I don't like saying like that because I play ball. You know, you play on different teams. It's all the league. Um, but they not there anymore. And ESPN could have kept them. They like, we good. And then they are still improving with people that they're letting go. That this team over there, undisputed, needs to close the gap and can't close the gap and get into players that they don't want. Whoa. Whoa. So how do they close the gap over there, FS1 Undisputed? That's an interesting question. Tell me for real. Beat it up in the comments. Also tell me this. (sighs) Is Stephen A. Smith really going to get it all? Like, or is this just going to always be you the king, he the godfather, you can't have it all. Like, we got to always have this healthy respect. Or is he really, like Dan said, going to end Skip Bayless's career? Y'all think that can happen. Ah, it's crazy out here in these streets. My only other takeaway from this is simple. Um, They're just captivating because for so long, everybody was taking their words as gospel. You got to remember how this all started, right? Now, I'm not going to go all the way back to tape delay basketball and black and white NFL, AFL, but there was a time where there were only so few outlets that would cover the game. You know, you used to watch SportsCenter, you know, you used to see that. You only had that. You only had that. And then all of a sudden you got NFL Live and that, but you at work or you ain't watching it like that. We can't do on demand. They ain't have YouTube. Like, you know, and then we grow into, oh, wow, you can do it when you want to on demand and live. And then now you're catching it. And now you know all these personalities. And there was a time where they were not challenged because we were told as active players to not challenge the media. Why? Because they have the microphone. They will get the last word. They control the narrative. They will be able to say anything and it will be deemed as gospel. I played through that era. So you had to be nicer to a media member than you even wanted to because you knew he could write you up or say whatever he wanted or she wanted to. So you sitting there like, damn, I got to really got to present myself like it's a job interview just doing media relations. And then with the Internet and then with YouTube and then with independent creators and then all of a sudden the taboo got off. There was a stigma and taboo about doing sports media. I remember having a conversation with Magic Johnson and one day he was like, Marcel's always talk, always do sports, always do sports media. It's a commercial for everything he does and it would be a commercial for everything I do. And I was like, you're right, because I was going to give it up. There's times I wanted to give it up. Even my last time, I wanted to give it up because I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm not arguing over the Jets winning by three. Like, you know what I mean? I'm 50 years old almost. Like, stop. It's corny. Then I was like, oh, but I got other things. I want to help in the community, Project Transition. Oh, I want to talk about it deeper, and I want to talk about different lanes, and I want to actually talk about life intersecting with sports. I want to coach. I want to talk about coaching. So I was like, all right, you're right. i just going to shift this. But I'm not the only one shifting this independent creators and then the stigma that was on doing sports media because if you did that oh you spend all your money why are you all traveling the country talking about sports then you just play 
Don't you want to sit back and chill and golf and just party and hang with pretty girls? Ain't you retired? What you doing? And then Magic Johnson took some of that stigma off. He had all that money. And he was doing it. Everybody like, well, you ain't got to be broke to do it, right? And then they start paying us. And then next thing you know, we out there getting it. Next thing you know, they create stars off of you playing and off of you talking about players. You're like, what? I am way more recognizable from sports media than I am from my football career. I can't even find highlights of my football career. And it ain't because I ain't have any, damn it. It's because I'm before the internet. <laughs> Let me stop. No, it ain't that. It's just dusty back then. It's a few of them, but it ain't enough. So the point is, everything shifted. Now these independent creators, they shifted it. Because they were coming authentic, coming real, tank tops, whatever, McAfee's. And then former players became independent creators. McAfee, everybody behind him. And then you got Podcast P now, active players. You got guys like Draymond Green out there. You got me now. You got former sports media guys doing the same thing. And it's just snowballing to the point of where we are in this conversation. Stephen A. Smith and Skip, you know, Skip 71, people saying he on his last leg, saying, hey, the show ratings are showing. Your podcast numbers, eh, showing. People ain't really rocking with you. Your best days are behind you. Like you treat them athletes, you an athlete right now. You out your prime. Stephen A. Smith is still in his prime. People ain't liking necessarily all the things he's saying and how he go about things. You know, when he out there lying on Max, that's real. Uh, when he coming at T.O., but T.O. came at him, so... I really don't have a dog in that fight, even though T.O. my boy, more than Stephen A. is still. Um, they got to work that out. Some of these things, you know, it's a lot of things like that. But the point is, there's just more competition. And you can see the competition even between Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless at the top. But in that pyramid of success, I always tell my itty bitties, you get to the top, ain't that much room, and ain't that many people. So guess what? Everybody else is trying to get up there, too. So to keep your power position, you're going to have to keep flexing your power through your words, through your actions. And sometimes just reminding people where you really are. So let me know what y'all think about this whole dynamic, because I see it shifting. Right. I see Stephen A. If Dan Levitard's right, trying to knock Skip down. And as he knocks Skip down, Skip going to have to try to knock somebody else down. But then it's independence out there. It's people like me. It's people like McAfee. Like, I'm climbing up. So now, Skip, you can't peck in The BCS of this all. Stephen A, number one, right? Who's number two? Used to be Skip Bayless. Now it's Colin Coward. Or no, it's Pat McAfee, right? Who's number three? That's where the game is, man. Let's compete, baby. Ain't nothing like a little healthy competition. Slow down there, son. <laughs> Ever see somebody like, hey, I hate that when you're not close to hitting somebody, but they just so damn scary that they think you're going to hit them. Hey, buddy, buddy. And you're like, you are on the curb. You're behind the fire hydrant. Hey, buddy. buddy. I'm like, what the? All right. Love you guys out there, man. www.projecttransition.org. They made me go back to the 80s and 90s and say, www. Right here, you get this book right here. Never shut up. That's for you for making a recurring donation to the foundation. Yes, I will send you this book. For real, look at it. It's fresh, too. Y'all paperback or hardback? I like paperback. I used to think I love hardback. Hardback like for a trophy. Paperback like, let's read, dog. Let's get it in. I will send it to you. Recurring donation, weekly or monthly. If not, just leave an email so you'll be a part of the team as we help the kids in the community. I got a coach tonight. Help these kids out, right? Help them develop that inner power within and unlock their true potential. So love for you guys. Leave your email or a one-time donation. All right. Let's talk about Dish right here. Chandler Jones. Chandler, Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones, Chandler, Chandler Jones is out here tripping. I don't know where you got some little, he might have a little issue right here. All right, little Bernie Mac love. All right, so we know he is a beast, first of all. Let's just get that out the way. Chandler Jones was a beast. What of a career he had. I don't know if he's going to continue, but right now, not looking too good. Um, Hall of Famer, Chandler Jones, let's just get that out the way. Let's see if he is, I think. The numbers going to add up to something like that. All right, so he's a DN for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, loosely saying that right now. Been involved in a series of strange, as they say, and concerning social media posts over the past few weeks. Now, eh, this kind of goes back. If you want to go really deep into the rabbit hole, you go back to New England. There were some moments there, too, as well. I'm not a mental health therapist. 
y'all know my stance on mental health as well. Um, I have a general stance and I don't want to be general in this specific situation. Uh, but let's talk through it and see if we can get to the bottom of this. So for everyone saying, quote, get well, I'm very well. Ask the lowlifes, LOL. Sorry, Adam. Talking about Adam Schefter. So that was one of the tweets out there. Because Jones, uh, his frustration expressed on the Instagram we've been seeing uh, because of the Raiders holding him out of practice on September 6th for what was described at that time as a personal and private matter. So that's basically now you look back, it's the Raiders taking cover for him, giving him cover to let him deal with these issues. All right, so he continued to make some interesting posts uh, on Instagram and Twitter, including a crisis response team post. Remember, we talked about that. Text exchanges with head coach Josh McDaniels and claims of being involuntarily committed to a mental health facility. Quote, Josh McDaniels had my twin Aaron Hernandez killed at Industrial Park, not in jail. That's one of his posts. That right there is enough for me to say something ain't going right. I don't know what it is. I don't know how left it is, but it ain't going right. So in his latest post, Jones accused McDaniels of killing former NFL player Aaron Hernandez, as I just read, a claim that raises the concerns, as I said, about his well-being. He's going at Adam Schefter, as we talked about. RG3 told him to pray for him, but also talk to him. He said also, bro, you washed up. RG such and such. Sit down. I'm still in the league, you Twitter fingers. Okay. What's going on with my man Chandler, Chandler Jones? All right. Do we think he's okay? I don't think mo most people say he's okay. So why is Chandler Jones in this situation and what is he dealing with? The cry for help. The need for help is different than the cry for help. Always remember that, okay? Because a lot of times we need help. Shoot. I could think about needing help through the weakest times of my life, my mother's death, needing help, right? But the cry for help is a whole different animal because the cry for help is a different level of desperation because now you feel that inner suffering such to a degree that that hurt is now having to be expressed and with some intention to hurt others. You ever see on the news, you see somebody, you, you, you see it all the time, right? Murder, 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 suicide. There's a difference between needing help. A lot of people need help. They don't go to those lengths. And then some people cry out for help and they show it. And they only showing it because they want you to take notice and attention to their level of pain. And then once they feel that you are taking attention and notice of it, guess how they flip it? That you ain't helping them. That you ain't doing enough. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? And when that occurs, it triggers them even more so, right? Because they threw the rope that you didn't catch. Or they threw the rope and tried to hang you with it. Mm. We're going to we're gonna have to figure this one out because I don't know who, what. And I look, if Channel Jones attacks me, trust me, I'm fine. I'm concerned because these, these tweets... These Instagram, 25-minute Instagram live videos, you got to watch it for yourself to know what I'm talking about. Um, not just because he's a great football player when he was out there, not because he's in the NFL, but because he is actually telling us something's not right and we need to do something about it. Um, you know, being a guy who's had teammates and have lost their life, uh, committed suicide, as you guys know, uh, Junior Seau or others, and uh, teammates that have lost their life, um, you got to still respect that it's still a team game. So um, my deeper interest in this is to see what is going on and what's really wrong with him. Because I don't want the Raiders to be in this position where he's not playing for us. We've tried to take care and we try to look out for him and now just discard him. Because when you start crying out for help, you start calling for attention for help. You want that call answered. Matter of fact, most of the times they need or will mandate that call be answered. So let's just look through that and you guys tell me what's going on. Because I know you guys have done a deeper dive on this because uh, none of us is smart as all of us. So I'm just one guy. Tell me what's going on with this Chandler Jones situation. 
very concerning to me. All right, y'all. Let's funk up some comments. Funk up some comments. Yeah, you know, got to be. Chris Sims. What you over here talking about, Chris Sims? Chris Sims. Oh, let me flip this around and make it easier to read. All right. Probably shouldn't have said kill, but real football fans understand what he's saying, and I actually agree with his solution. The play is virtually unstoppable, especially when you got a guy, a quarterback, squatting 600 pounds, you can't defend it. Okay, you can't defend it. Does that mean you want to kill him? Nah, I didn't take kill literally. I didn't take kill figuratively in a sensitive way. But I am deeply entrenched in the game of football, and I don't have those sensibilities. But as you got to remember, every day you introduce some football to somebody else. Do you want to introduce them in that way? Uh, I don't care. I, me, I don't care. But people do care. So do I care enough that I'm going to fight those who do care? You ever been in that argument? <laughs> You're like, I don't give a damn. Well, I do. Okay, well, then go. <laughs> You're like, I, I feel like that on this one. I don't know. All right, to me, that just sounded like my locker room in college. Hell yeah, my locker room in high school. <laughs> I get most people don't understand how players actually talk, but it's definitely not nice to each other. No. Matter of fact, I want my son in part to play football so he can learn it ain't all peaches and cream, baby. <laughs> you go through football, oh, you look at life like life ain't as hard as I thought it was because that football was harder. It was hell. I had triple day practices before. I got dog cursed by grown ass men. And then I get to the league and get dog cursed by a young man who's younger than me. But since he on the coach and got the title, I got to say yes, coach. And I'm making more than him and I'm older than him. It felt like, and I got stripes, fool. What? You ain't played at this level, homie. (laughs) Football teach you, bro. Football teach you. We all in this together. I don't give a damn how good you are, D.N., Good luck trying to get a sack if the cornerback ain't going to hold up his coverage responsibilities. Good luck getting a sack if the quarterback is going to just dump it off. You need it all to work together for it to work. I learned that in football. Nowhere else, for real. NFL viewers who played organized football from peewee to pro level understand the terminologies and slang. The problem is with the casual fans. You're right. They don't get locker room culture. NFL and media should educate the casuals on the terminology so people aren't taking it literally. It's no different than in baseball. Strikeout is called a K, which is short for kill, which started with Mets legendary pitcher Dwight Doc K. Gooden. That's been a known accepted baseball term since the 80s. I like what you just said there. You broke that down. You imagine the first day of class for the casuals. All right, everyone gather around. We're about to talk about uh, killing somebody out here, but we don't mean killing them. We mean whooping their hand, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, whipping that ass, all right. Whoop that trick, like all that. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Regarding Mr. Aaron Rodgers, talk about a backseat one-leg quarterback, a.k.a. the Jolly Rodgers. Sheesh, Mr. Rodgers, be a good neighbor and just stop pontificating. If you are not in a position to solve the problem, please consider measuring your responses. Makes sense. And until your health focus on wordle puzzles and maybe some mahjong or pie gal, just relax, get healthy, and show us what you still have in the tank. Damn, broke the hell out of that damn comment. <laughs> Can't lie. There's a part of me that hears you. Uh, look, if my teammate hurt and he at the crib, I'm listening, but don't talk too much. <laughs> that part. I don't give a damn who you are. That part. I'm out here sweating, homie. You ain't. Aaron is checking what is, is still his team. Aaron is checking what is still his team. Okay. Shows how much he cares. He could say F it and take all those special things that make pain go away. <laughs> as far as I know, this is his first time publicly checking him. See, I see both sides of this one, and that's real. I'm glad he cares. It's just a measured response. You just can't go all in from the couch. <laughs> you can't. Not from the training table. Dan is upset because Amin was wrong. Media sabotage from yesterday. Let's be honest. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero wasn't good enough. Wasn't going to be enough. Especially considering Duncan Robinson spent much of the year not playing because he was awful and couldn't defend. Yeah, that... That ain't it. They asked for Jimmy Butler, too. So, you know, if they, you, you say, no, nah, I ain't got Jimmy Butler. But Duncan Robinson, they like, you ain't serious about no trade. People keep forgetting and disregarding that this is a three-way deal. Even if Portland and Miami have agreed, they need to convince that third team, too. And that third team didn't want any of those offers. Also, Portland wanted Jacquez as well on top of the offer. But Miami didn't want to include him. Yeah, they were talking about Bam or Jimmy Butler. And if you ain't saying that, then I don't want to hear nothing else. Media have been doing <coughs> doing this and unusually, oh, 
Can I read? Media been doing this, and usually it's to facilitate a trade for the player. How long was Anthony Davis a Laker before he was actually a Laker or Kawhi Leonard before going to the Clippers or Harden with the Nets? Media picks and chooses. Interesting. I think we're all tired of seeing stars bully franchises and continually get what they want. So they stuck it out and got a big out of the deal of first and whatever they flipped Drew for. It is interesting that you be seeing the cat get traded for like five months. You'd be like, God dang, why y'all bring this up? Incentives, interests. Ezekiel Elliott, I wish we could go back in time and watch you play again, Marcells. Always gave it your all. Oh, see, that's what I do love about sports media. It made me a way better player <laughs> because y'all like me as a personality or y'all think I'm cool or something. Also, you'd be like, yeah, man, you were the best player ever. I'm like, last night at this, the, the gala we went to, the ball, I'm standing in line in the bathroom. The guy was telling his wife about me. Oh my God, this guy was Marcel was a son. Oh, he was the best. I was just sitting there like, does he know who I am? <laughs> like I was hella good. I was great for a few years and then hella good and then ah, and then ugh. All right, but he ain't gonna tell his wife all that. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show with a Wileyism. Yeah. Don't turn speed bumps into roadblocks. Woo! Wait. Testify, Wilder, testify. Shout out to LaRussell, who is one of my favorite rappers, if not the, because he influences me, gives me impact. Like when he says something, that's how he talks. When he says his rapping like that, I love him. I love Lil Wayne. I like just geniuses with the microphone. And then he cuts, he cuts, he cuts so deep. You go through things in life, right? Everybody does. It's just the way it's set up. It's the hurdles, baby. I told y'all, do not think you're running the 100 in life. You're running the 110 hurdles <laughs> at minimum, maybe the 400 hurdles, right? Got to go around this thing one time. Hurdles everywhere. But when you run into that adversity, you have that altercation with adversity. It's a speed bump. It's a hurdle. Get over it. Get through it. Learn the technique. There's a proper technique to do it. You want to see it? It goes like this. I used to run the hurdles. Yeah. Ow, that hurt my hamstring. Yeah. Ah. Uh. You, start, you go like this and you dip. You get you run over them hurdles. Coach, you be like, run over them hurdles, boy. I'm like, damn, all right. And then you gonna what you gonna do? Fall, clip them, trip, get up, keep running. It's time to go. Then you learn that form of how to get over those hurdles. So then to a point, you're never gonna run as fast as you can if there are no hurdles, right? But when you get over those hurdles with precision, you run a efficient, effective way, an effective race. That's life. But here's the problem. A lot of times, cats see a hurdle. You ever see that? You ever see somebody who never ran over a hurdle? You ever you go to the track with the homie or somebody? Or just it could be a fence. I love it. I, I used to hop fences when I was little. Not like, like go in there and rob somebody. What up, homie? Uh, like, no, nah, just like I see a fence four feet, five feet. Not six feet, five feet. Uh, I'm hitting that fence. At, at worst, I'm going to put my foot on top of that fence and hop over. But most times, I'm just going to hurdle it, jump it. I was, I was that kid. I used to jump over cars sideways all day. You ever see somebody who can't do that? And they think they can. And they run up to the fence and they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they grab the top of the fence like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I was almost going to kill myself. Because they don't know how to get over those hurdles. They just turn that hurdle, they just turn that fence into a roadblock. You'll learn. Whether you have the gift or not, you can still learn. You can still all of a sudden acquire the talents and skills necessary to one day get over that. It's amazing. My son, he has this airplane in his, in his room. One of them little $11.99 airplanes you get at the hobby store. Yes, and it's amazing. Sit there, hit a button, you gotta get it started. You go, nying, nying, nying. He couldn't, when we bought it this summer, July, he couldn't touch it. He couldn't turn it on, he couldn't do nothing. I have to do it all. Now, suck over there, smacking it. It's life, man. Don't turn these speed bumps into roadblocks. Like, just know that, all right, it's part of the progression. But if you have intent, focus, and attention to it, you will overcome that. So that's all I want to get out of this today. Shout out to LaRussell, my dog. Don't turn speed bumps into roadblocks. Get your ass up over there. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. 
More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dat Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.